Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. In World War I, the German Navy came up with something called a U-boat. These submarines would go underwater and sneak up on ships and blast them out of the water. Uh, and one of the things that was so terrifying about them was the fact that you couldn't see them. They were underwater. Uh, many things in life can be dangerous even though you don't see them. Uh, I had a, a friend in high school, and her father uh, actually put on some clothes one day, and inside those clothes was a brown recluse. And that spider bit him, and he was in the hospital uh, for a season of time. Uh, he didn't see it, but it was sure dangerous to him. Many things you see uh, in life, but many things you don't see. And I believe as God's people, we need to be careful about the things we can't see. Because the Bible says we have an enemy that is unseen. Satan and uh, his demons are an, an unseen enemy. And we talked last week about the evil of the human heart and how sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. But this time we're going to be speaking about the devil and his forces and the danger that can be. But not just that. We're going to be talking about the power of God to overcome that. And every Christian needs to, to learn how to walk in God's power so that we can live a life of victory over sin, victory in this life. And not only the defensive, but to take the offensive against the enemy. And so um, Paul here in this letter to the Ephesian church is giving them some instruction. And he's been talking about the great power that they have in Christ. That they've, been, uh, they've died with him. They've been raised with him. They have been seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. They have that heavenly power, that heavenly connection with God. Uh, and now he is getting to the place where he's saying, Look, I want you to apply what we've talked about. I want you to put it into action. And so... Um, He's telling us how to prepare for a spiritual battle. And that's the title of my message, How to Prepare or Preparing for a Spiritual Battle. Each one of us needs to prepare for battle and trust Jesus Christ in the midst of the battle. Uh, so look with me at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is God's Word. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. Preparing for a spiritual battle. Paul would have known what that battle was like. He was in prison. That's why these are called the prison epistles. Because he wrote these epistles from prison. He was in chains when he wrote it. He knew firsthand there is a struggle going on that the forces of darkness don't like the forces of light. That Satan and his demons don't like the people of God. So how do we prepare for spiritual battle? You must first receive your power. Receive your power. He says in verse 10, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by His mighty strength. Receive that power. Uh, in chapter 1 of this same book, he talks about this power. He uses almost the same identical words to speak about the power. And he says, that he says I'm, I'm praying that you would be empowered with all the power of His might. And I'm praying for you to have even the power of the resurrection within you. You see, that's the the goal of God for each and every believer. And by the way, did you know, if you are a child of God and you've received that gift of salvation, you have Jesus Christ living within you, uh, communicated by the person of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And you have the power of God living within you. Now, You say, well, I don't feel very powerful. Well, you have to uh, take that power and use it. Um, Have you seen the electric cars on television? Uh, I'm not really interested in in having an electric car, but I do think it's kind of interesting to watch. They take that car and they plug it into a receptacle and let it charge. And ever so often, you have to let that thing charge so that it will work, and it will go, and it can do what it needs to do. Uh, But if you don't plug it in often enough, guess what? It's not going to go anywhere. And so as Christians, we've got to plug into the power source. We've got to plug into the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do you do that? Well, I think there's a couple of ways that you do that. One way is through your personal daily time with God. Ephesians emphasizes the relationship that we have with God, that we are in Christ, and and that as we're united with Him, we have this power. Uh, As a a believer, we need to learn to walk with God. Well, how do you do that? You you learn to do that through your personal quiet time. Uh, God shows you things in your life that you need to fix. Uh, God shows you uh, how to pray He shows you all of the things that you need uh, through His Word. And so as you spend time in His Word and you spend time in prayer and connect with Him and share your burdens and share your heartache with Him and and share just whatever's on your heart to share, uh, there's a a relationship that builds there. And as you grow in your walk with God, you learn how to walk in His power. Now, uh, that's so important. It's kind of like plugging in every day. 
getting the strength that you need every day. You know what I've learned? I've learned that if I go several days without time with the Lord. Now, I, now I have time with God. You know, sometimes I'll do the microwave version. Have any of y'all ever done that? You know, maybe you wake up late one morning, your alarm didn't go off, or maybe you threw the clock across the room, and so the, the alarm really didn't go off. Uh, whatever. But you get up, and you only have a short time, and you've got to hurry to get ready, and, and you know, and quick microwave devotion, maybe. Maybe read a quick, a short psalm, quick prayer, and you go on your way. What I've found in my own spiritual life is that if I do that for about three days, I get into trouble. I begin to start having trouble spiritually. I have trouble walking with God. The enemy is attacking me. And I can tell a difference in my spiritual life. You need that daily time of plugging in with God. Now, that's, that's one aspect of your power but there's also this. The Bible says he's, God's given us the Holy Spirit and that we're to be filled with the Spirit. So how do we get, have God's power? Well, we, we allow the Spirit to be in control in our life. That's what, really what it means to be filled with the Spirit. He's in control. Uh, Paul described, uh, he said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So there's, apparently there's some differences uh, similarities between being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit. Uh, one of the differences is when you're drunk with wine, you do uh, things that you usually regret. Uh, but when you're filled with the Spirit, you do things that please the heart of God. But there are also some similarities between the two, and that is it generally it changes your personality. Um, God uses human personality. It's not that He changes us completely but that the Spirit of God begins to live through us, and people begin to see Jesus in us. And as we walk in the Spirit, we have His power. Romans 8 talks about uh, if, you, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Uh, as you walk, as you keep in step with the Spirit, you will have God's power living through you. Uh, so, if you're going to have victory over sin, you need to be filled with the Spirit. That's part of having God's power in your life. Uh, also, being filled with the Spirit changes the way I relate to other people. And so, instead of maybe being impatient, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So, these qualities begin to show forth in my life, and that that helps me win a spiritual battle. It's kind of ironic that you're winning a spiritual battle through love. Is it not? Who would have thought that Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth and he died on the cross, was winning a battle? But that's exactly what he was doing. Through the cross, he defeated the enemy. I want to tell you something. When you let the Spirit of God be in control in your life and live through your life, the power of God will be living through your life, and you will see a difference in your spiritual victory, and you'll also see a difference in the, in the ministry that you do with others. God will use you to touch the hearts of other people. So you need to receive that power. One thing you need to remember is keep your sins confessed. Uh, when, you, when you sin, that brings a barrier of fellowship, it's, it's opposed to being filled with the Spirit. So confess that sin 
Ask God to fill you with the Spirit. Surrender to the Spirit's will in your life and trust Him uh, and choose to follow Him in your life. And you'll receive your power and God will live through you. Um, D.L. Moody uh, was, was a preacher uh, back in the 1800s. And he, uh, he actually uh, was preaching one day, and this little old lady came up to him after the service, and she said, uh, Pastor Moody, she said, I enjoyed your message. She said, but I want you to know something. I'm praying that God will anoint you with Holy Spirit power. He said it kind of offended him. Uh, you know, well, who's she to say that I'm not filled with the Spirit, you know? And, and so he was kind of, at first, he was a little bit disturbed by it, but he said that something happened. She, this lady began to pray for him, and he said, I preached the same messages. He was an evangelist. He said, I preached the same messages. But now when I preached those messages, hundreds of people were coming to Christ. Uh, now when I preached those messages, people were falling under deep conviction and being changed. Uh, it was, the difference was the Holy Spirit. And so uh, make sure you receive your power and ask God to teach you more and more how to walk in the Spirit, how to walk in Holy Spirit power. Receive your power. Uh, so not only do we receive our power, but we, we need to receive our armor. Receive your armor. Verse 13, this is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having prepared everything to take your stand. I was uh, reading a book about Ephesians this past week, and uh, something was brought out to me that I'd not thought about uh, in a while, and that was the fact that God is a warrior. Now, you may not think of God as a warrior, but the Old Testament, especially Isaiah, speaks of God as a warrior. Uh, Isaiah talks about God putting on the helmet of his salvation and uh, his breastplate of righteousness and going forth in battle to bring judgment upon his enemies. What is Paul inviting us to do? He's inviting us to join God in his spiritual battle. To put on God's armor. It's God's armor in that it's, it's what God uses, but it's also what he has given to us to join him in his spiritual battle. Did you know that God is greater than Satan? He is. Satan is not omnipresent. He can't, he's only in one place at a time. God's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Uh, Satan is not all-powerful, but God is. Satan is not all-knowing, but God is. God has all power. He has greater power. Uh, there's no reason in the world why a Christian who has been purchased by the blood of Jesus, who's been placed into the kingdom of God, needs to be afraid of Satan and his demons. Now, we need to respect them in the sense that they have great power, but we don't need to be afraid of them because we have the authority of Jesus Christ. So God says, I'm inviting you to join my, this battle. And not only am I giving you defensive equipment, but I'm giving you offensive equipment. I'm giving you a sword. And I'm inviting you to, to come with me and let's take 
the territory of the devil together. This is not just a, a defensive thing. This is an offensive thing. I want you to recognize who you are as children of God. You, you, you've died with him. You've been raised with him. You've been seated with him in the heavenly places. You know, Jesus didn't stay on this earth after he arose, did he? He ascended to the right hand of the Father, to the place of honor, to the place of glory. You know what God says? He says, you and I are right there with him. You say, well, preacher, I don't feel like I'm in heaven right now. Well, spiritually speaking, because we have been united to Christ, we're right there with him. And so what he's saying is get, get a, a picture of, of the greatness of the power that you have as a child of God. What is this power for? This power is to bring glory to God. It is to reach people for Jesus Christ. Now, what are these pieces of armor that we're supposed to receive? You've got the belt of truth, okay? God's Word. Put that belt on. Know it. Be in it. Yes, I'm going to say the M word. Memorize it. What did Jesus do? when he was in, a, in a, a struggle with the enemy. You remember that in the wilderness? Three times, what did he do? He quoted scripture. He had memorized the word of God. Now, something will happen. If you're in the word of God a lot, there'll be verses that stick in your mind. You won't even realize it. You'll be talking to somebody, and this verse will come to mind, and you'll be able to share it. Well, I didn't even know I'd memorized that, but <laughs> there it is. Uh, but... If there's a verse that really touches you or helps you in your spiritual life, or maybe in a time of temptation it's a comfort and a help, it'd be a good idea to memorize it. Put it on a three-by-five card and go over one phrase at a time and repeat those phrases out loud. And, and then when you got that phrase, add another phrase and, until you get the whole thing memorized. Uh, and, and look at it often and get that thing stuck in your mind so that you can use it as an instrument of battle against the enemy. So uh, he says, have truth like a belt around your, well, your waist. A belt uh, held up the other pieces of armor and prepared them for battle. Then have righteousness like armor on your chest. Now it is true that a, a life of righteous living or good living uh, is a blessing to any believer. But I don't think that's the main point here. He says, put on righteousness like armor on your chest. Is there anybody in this room that is perfectly righteous? Anybody? Well, I better put my hand down because I'm not either. If you trust in your own righteousness, guess what? You got holes in your breastplate. Your righteousness isn't good enough. But there's good news. Jesus' righteousness is good enough. It's perfect righteousness. Uh, I love Romans 5.1. Great verse to memorize, by the way. Therefore, having just been justified by faith, been made righteous, credited righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and access into this grace in which we now stand. Jesus has justified me. I, I don't have access to God based on my own righteousness. It's based on Jesus' perfect goodness and righteousness. 
So when the accuser, that's one of the devil's names, by the way, the accuser, when he comes and he whispers in your ear, well, you, you remember what you did last week? Or you remember what you did 10 years ago? Or you remember uh, what you said? Do you remember what you thought? And he whispers in your ear and he tells you, who are you to think you can serve God? Who are you to think you can have a relationship with God? When he whispers those things in, in your ear, you quote him Romans 5, 1. I've been justified by faith. I'm clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Say anything about his righteousness. He's completely perfect. And by the way, all my sin is under the blood. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. The slate has been wiped clean. So, righteousness like armor on your chest. Your feet sandaled with a readiness for the gospel of peace. Be ready uh, to share the gospel. Ask God to prepare you spiritually and emotionally uh, to share and be ready. Uh, in every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So we're to trust God with the circumstances of life. We're to trust His Word and His promises. And this quenches the, the flaming arrows of the evil one. These Roman shields were the big shields that they would use, and they would, they were, they'd cover your complete body, and they would douse them with water so that when people would shoot those flaming arrows, they would stick into the shield and it would be extinguished by the water. And, and they would put these shields side by side, and they would move forward and infiltrate the ranks. He says, faith is like that. As you trust God in the circumstances of life, as you trust Him when things are going well and when things are not going well, as you trust Him when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it, you will find that what the enemy brings your way will be quenched and stopped as you trust God. So, uh, how do you have faith? Well, one way is being in the Word of God. Build your faith. Another way is to be filled with the Spirit, as we've talked about. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness or faith. So um, ask God to increase your faith, uh, to, to teach you how to trust in Him the right way, and He'll do that. Uh, so uh, then taking the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, I believe, is that mindset that looks ahead to, to, to my future. Did you know whatever happens to me today, however good, however bad, one day it's going to be past. What's ahead for me is my hope, my salvation, the ultimate salvation. Now, I've been saved, I am being saved, but I'm, I'm going to be saved. And one day when Jesus comes back, if I'm still alive after the, the dead Christians go up first, I'm going to be caught up together with them. I'll be changed instantaneously. I have a glorified body. And I will have a perfect situation forever. No sin, no heartache, no sorrow, no pain, no death. Never separated again from loved ones that have gone before. That's my hope. Put that on like a helmet. And also remember the salvation that you have presently. That God is with you. He 
is my rock and he is my salvation and he said i will never leave you or forsake you whatever you go through in life you can have hope because jesus is with you and because your hope is coming amen put that on like a helmet it'll give you strength in the battle then um the sword of the spirit which is god's word god's word is like a sword and the, the word that's used, used here for God's word is uh, rhema. It's different. The no, word normally uses logos, but rhema sometimes had to do with the spoken word. Uh, and so it's God's word that is spoken. God's word that is shared. It's like a sword. I remember when I heard that message um, when I was lost, religion versus repentance and the Holy Spirit just pierced my heart, spiritually speaking. And I knew I was lost, and I knew exactly what I needed to do. And, and it, was, it was very clear to me. And it came in a moment. I'd been in church all my life up to that point, but it had never pierced through. But that moment, the Holy Spirit of God took that spoken word and pierced my heart with it and set me on a, a journey. A year later, I gave my heart to Christ, and, and that word is still uh, bearing fruit in my life today. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So share God's Word with others. So receive your armor. Take this up. Consciously think about it. Um, ask God to help you put that armor on. The Holy Spirit to put that armor on through you. And then go through the pieces of armor. Certain pieces, I've even, I've even memorized scriptures to go along with them because the devil has attacked me in that area. Breastplate of righteousness is one of those. Uh, so, do, you know, you may want to memorize scripture to go along with it, but, but go through and say, I choose to put this on. I choose to put this on. And um, uh, by faith do that. And God will help you. Uh, and then spend that time with God, as we talked about, and to receive your power to help you in these things. So, uh, preparing for spiritual battle, you receive your power, you receive your armor, and finally you receive your request. Look at verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, by the way, Greek has a, an affinity for long sentences. And uh, this is not a new sentence in Greek. In Greek, the word pray is a participle. It's praying. And it, uh, it, and it refers back to everything he said before. In other words, all that I've said about receiving God's power, all that I've said about putting on the armor, let me tell you how to do it. You do it. Through prayer. Uh, praying with all prayer and petition at all times. Uh, prayer is a mighty spiritual weapon. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way. But prayer is a weapon. It's a spiritual weapon. Why? Because prayer moves God to action. Now, there's some things that I, I can't do. I remember when, when I was in the military, we... we uh, we had these bomb lifts that we were being trained on, and they had this guy, he was like 60-something years old, and he was one of the, the instructors there. And they had several of us try to, try to lift this bomb lift. And none of us could do it. He comes over there, grabs that thing, picks it right up. We were impressed. <laughs> I, I, want, I want you to know, there's some things you may not be able to do, but I, I can tell you something, there's nothing that God can't do. And when we pray, we bring God to bear in the situation. So, 
he says, as you, as you do these things, pray, praying at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request. Can you pray at work? Yes. Can you pray at school? Yes. Uh, can you pray in your, out on the golf course? Yes. Don't use that as an excuse not to come to church, but yes. Okay? Um, at all times. And stay alert. Stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for the saints. You know what the Bible says? The devil's like a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. The devil's not friendly toward you. He hates you. You're a child of God. He can't stand you. He can't stand you anyway because you're made in the image of God. But he really can't stand you when you become a Christian. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy me. You know what God has given us as a body of believers? By the way, did you know these commands are in the plural? They're meant for the body as a whole. Yes, there's an individual part of it, that individual application. But he's saying to the whole body of believers, this is what you need to do as a church to win in the struggle. And as you see that brother or sister struggling, pray for them. As they share they're going through a hard time, pray for them. Try to encourage them. Try to help them if you can. Uh, we are in this thing together. But be alert. I, I, I think back to uh, a, one situation that I'm not going to mention uh, specifics, but a man that had come to me and requested prayer. And I did pray for him, but maybe didn't take it quite as seriously as I could have. And he ended up going down a wrong path. Can I tell you something? We don't know what, what the devil's doing in other people's lives. Let yourself be an instrument in God's hand to pray for other people. Um, when you wake up in the middle of the night and somebody is on your mind, pray for that person. When you're having your quiet time and, and, and this person just pops into your mind, you might just pray. Maybe God has brought that person to mind so that you can pray for them. He knows they're having a specific struggle. If God burdens you for someone else, especially listen to that. Uh, Johnny Hunt is a pastor in Georgia, and uh, he was sharing one time about this, this lady that came up to him, and she said, she said, Pastor Johnny, Pastor Johnny, are you okay? And he said, well, yeah. You know, what's, what's going on? She said, I have been so burdened for you. And I, I've just been praying for you, and I've just felt just something might be wrong. And, and, and he shared, he said, you know, I, I appreciate that so much. And he said, who knows but what her prayer didn't prevent something horrible from happening. We don't know, do we? We don't know what's going on. Allow yourself to be used by God uh, in prayer. For your family, for, for your church, for people around you at work. The enemy wants to destroy people. Jesus wants to give them life and life abundantly. Uh, don't, uh, don't forget to pray in your, own, in your own life relationally. You know, the awesome thing about God is he is a perfect friend. 
Have you ever had your friend's eyes glaze over as you've been talking to them? Uh, my brother and I have a, have a joke that we, we, we call it the, uh, uh, the slack jaw, bored look. You know, we, I, I had a friend when I was in, in high school, and we'd gone over to his house, and, and we were, we were, my, my brother was talking, and he was kind of going on about something, and, and my friend was like this. You know, I mean, just uh, a look of utter and complete boredom on his face, like he was just this far from falling asleep. And uh, so I, I started kind of grinning, and we finally Josh noticed it, and he began to grin too. And we've joked about that for years, that just this utter boredom look. Did you know God never gets bored with you? You ever thought about that? He never, he never thinks this. I wish that person would just shut up. I'm tired of listening to him. He never, never once. His ears are always open. He hears from you. And he cares. You know how much he cares? He has every one of your hairs numbered. That's how much he cares for you. And so don't neglect the relational praying in your life. Take your burdens, take your heartache, take your excitement to God, your thanks and praise for what he's doing in your life, whatever it is. But, but keep the lines of communication open. That's powerful uh, in, in, your, in your struggle because building that strong relationship is, is part of learning how to have God's power in your life. So now look at verse 19. Pray also for me. Paul needs prayer. The one who penned most of the New Testament needs prayer? Yes. Pray that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Some of you have said, I can never share Christ because I'm afraid I don't have boldness. Well, join the club. Neither did Paul. Can I tell you how to overcome it? Pray for boldness. Get somebody else to pray for you for boldness. So that you can be used by God. He says, I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may be bold enough in him to speak as I should. If you ever say about your preacher, hopefully you don't, but maybe you thought it or maybe you said it. Boy, this message was really bad. I just wish he'd land the plane. You know, if, if you've ever thought that in your heart, can I, can I ask you to do something for me? Pray for me that I'll speak it as I should. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, you know, I have this concern. I want to make sure I deliver the message the right way. Please pray for me. Uh, we are in this thing together. And there's none of us that are, that are any more uh, or less dependent upon the body than another. We all need each other. We need each other's prayers. We need each other's support. Because we're in a battle. Um, let yourself be used by God to be a blessing to someone else. Receive your request. And as you ask for God to do something in your life, uh, watch what he will do. You remember what Jesus told the disciples? He said, you see, if you ask anything, if you say this mountain be moved, it will be moved for you. What was he encouraging them to do? He's saying, listen, I know that you are going to face some things in your life, in your ministry, that you just think, there's no way. He said, let me tell you what to do. Trust me. 
realize that no matter what you face, as you call out upon me, as you trust me, mountains will be moved. Receive your request. Preparing for spiritual battle, how do you do it? You receive your power through time with God, through the filling of the Spirit. You receive your armor, regularly being in God's Word, even taking the steps of putting that armor on each day by faith and through prayer. And then you receive your request as you pray on a regular basis. As you do this, God will use you for His glory. He will connect you to the power source. He will infuse you with the power of the resurrection that's already inside of you so that you can have victory over sin, so that you can be a minister for Jesus Christ and make a difference. He'll do that for you. And God will be glorified through your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for giving us instructions.